How you doing, Rock Family? How you doing, Rock Family? Happy Sunday. Man, I'm excited. Today, I've been weaponizing my worship all week. Hopefully, you've been thinking about that. Um, I'm Miles McPherson, pastor of the Rock Church. I want to ask everybody to stand up as we pray. And um, I want to pray that what we talked about last week, if you didn't hear it, go watch it, that God would stir that up in your heart this week. And next week, uh, yesterday was Toys for Joy. It was awesome. And by serving, you are weaponizing your worship against the devil by building the kingdom of God. Amen. It was a weapon. It was a weapon that beat the devil down. It reminded those people that you were serving yesterday that God loves them. And so it encourages them. That's how it was a weapon. It, it, It beat down, fought against the lies of the devil in their life. So thank you for everybody who served yesterday. At Toys for Joy, thank you everybody who donated. And by the way, you can keep donating. We're going to give out all the toys and more food and stuff uh, as the 25 Days of Joy continue uh, through the holidays. And in a couple of weeks, we're going to have our Rock Family Christmas. It's going to be awesome. And hopefully you're getting ready for Christmas. What a Christmas this is going to be. So anyway, a lot going on in 2021. Get ready to go to 2022. So let's all stand up and pray. Um, and pray that this message and this series is encouraging to you especially now when there's so much uncertainty in our life, so much imbalance. Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you for your consistency. Thank you for your uh, patience and your power in our life. I pray you speak clearly. I pray more importantly we listen. In Jesus' name, amen. Get your Bibles out. We're going to turn to Acts chapter 16. Uh, on the count of three, word, one, two, three, word. Turn to Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16, the Acts of the Holy Spirit is the book. It's all about what the Holy Spirit was doing through the apostles, the Acts of the Holy Spirit. Um, when I was about 40 years old, I started losing my sight. Not going blind, but needing reading glasses. And I didn't, you know, it was very subtle. 40 is the number of testing. And usually when 40 is done, uh, there's a test that's over. In other words, it rained 40 days and 40 nights when Noah uh, built the ark. David, David, when David killed Goliath, it was after Goliath talked trash for 40 days. Jesus, Moses, and Elijah fasted for 40 days. A woman is pregnant 40 weeks. So 40 is the number of testing. And usually around 40 years old, we lose our sight and you got to get glasses. No coincidence there, in my opinion anyway. And I remember going to the eye doctor and looking in the, the eye machine. And they said, tell me when you can see the letters. And she would click it, click it, click it. And all of a sudden, what was blurry became really clear. We started a series last week called Weaponizing Your Worship. And we talked about how you can weaponize your worship against your enemy. And, but it is so critical for you to understand what the enemy is doing and that there is an enemy. And so my prayer today in this message is that you have eyes to see the spiritual battle that you are in 24-7. Because in the story, Paul and Silas are ministering. And they're walking through the city and this woman who was filled with a spirit of divination. Divination was the ability to fortune tell, talk about the future. And she was a fortune teller. 
And so she was making money, fortune telling, and she was declaring that Paul and Silas were men of God and they were preaching the way of salvation. And they were irritating Paul. And so Paul turned to her and cast the demon out. They, the, the woman lost her ability to fortune tell. And her employers got mad. They threw Paul and Silas in jail, beat him, throw him in jail. But during that time, Paul and Silas are going to weaponize their worship. And in this particular case, they're going to be miraculously set free. Their worship is going to be turned into authority. And even throughout it, they are going to exercise the authority they have with God because they trusted God throughout the whole process to love their enemies, to declare the goodness of God, even amidst the attacks. So we're going to look at four principles and how you can weaponize your worship. Now, as I do this, I want you to think about some of the difficult time you're facing right now. Because you're getting attacked, you're getting people coming after you, saying things about you, lies in your head that are discouraging you. You're in spiritual attack. You're never not being spiritually attacked. You are never not in a spiritual attack. Just sometimes you realize it. And what the devil can do is he can step back and just be at the back of the room and leave you alone, get you feel uncomfortable, and just whisper something in your ear and you think, oh, I'm not on an attack. This is just a little temptation, a little something I want to do for myself. And then, bam, he gets you. You are always under spiritual attack. So as we read this, I want you to notice the discernment that Paul has and how he exercised the authority he has because he has weaponized his worship because he decided to live in obedience to God, praise to God and everything he's doing because he was living in obedience to God and everything he did pretty much was out of obedience to God and service to God and the declaration of God's worthiness and worthyship, he had power. He had power. So let's look at what is worship. Worship is acknowledging the goodness of someone, declaring their worthyship, praise or serving them. A weapon is a tool used against the enemy. Again, your enemy is the devil. But if you don't have eyes to see and don't see the spiritual battle in your life, you're not going to pray against the devil. You're not going to resist him that he may flee. You have two worship options. One is worthy of your worship. One isn't. But still, you can worship an unworthy uh, object. It's still worship and you're wrong. But here are the two worship options, God or Satan. It was originally just God. Satan said, I want to be worshipped. He got kicked out of heaven and then started trying to stir up worship for himself. And that's where we come in. So you can either worship the creator, God, or the destroyer, the devil. You can worship the life giver, God, or the life taker, the murderer, the devil. You can worship God as love or you can worship hate. You can worship truth, God is truth, or the father of lies. You can worship the unifier. Or the divider. It's up to you. And, and how you worship them is by praising them, by obeying them, by serving them, by taking their advice, by taking their lead, by following their example. That's all worship. That's all worship. So you have to ask yourself, who are you going to worship? Last week we talked about you worship, you, you weaponize your worship by who you submit your power to. You we, weaponize your worship by who you try to impress. God or the devil, and you worship your, you weaponize your worship by who you seek favor from, God or the devil. So in the story, just told you, we're going to read from Acts chapter 16, verse 16. It says, it happened as 
we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divin divination. Here's the thing. He's already telling you. She had an evil spirit. Can you recognize the work of evil spirits in your life? Are they everywhere? Uh-huh. We live in a spiritual world. Don't think that, 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 that there's no... There's not a spiritual world around you. We're going to read here in a minute that you don't wrestle against flesh and blood. You are influenced spiritually all the time. What you see on TV is, is influenced spiritually. What you, the music you read is influenced spiritually. The, the, the movies you watch. Now, it's not all bad. It's either good spirits or bad spirits. It's either God or the devil. But there's, a, there's an influence behind it. There's an influence to seduce you to do drugs, smoke cigarettes, have sex, whatever it is. It's, it's, it, or, or not do drugs, etc. There's a, a spirit of division and a spirit of unity. There's a spirit of honor and dishonor. And so it says here that the slave girl had a spirit of divination. You need to see it. And who brought her masters much profit with fortune telling. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out saying, these men are servants of the Most High who proclaim to us the way of salvation. And she did this for many days. Number one, you need... Your worship is weaponized when you acknowledge the spiritual battle that you're in. You have to acknowledge the spiritual battle. When you wake up and you hear negative in your head, you must acknowledge there is a spiritual force behind that. Because if you don't, you won't pray. You won't attack it spiritually. You'll read a self-help book. Now, the best self-help book is the Bible because it tells you how to help yourself by trusting God. But if you try to fight a spiritual battle with a, with a carnal weapon, your weapons are not carnal but mighty in God. You cannot use carnal weapons to fight a spiritual battle. The devil will laugh at you. Ephesians 6, 10 and 12 says, Finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, spiritual. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, spiritual. Powers, spiritual, the rulers of darkness, spiritual darkness of this age, not light dark that comes out of, a, out of a bulb, spiritual darkness against the spiritual host of wickedness in the heavenly places. The spiritual host, the spiritual holders, the spiritual devices of wickedness in the heavenly places. That's your battle. That's your battle. More powerful than you can ever add, more power than you have ever can ever have with money or politics or muscles. Way more powerful than that. You can't fight that except with a spiritual weapon. And so here's what Paul's saying. She has a spirit of divination. There's only one way to fight that with the spirit of God. There's only one way I can leverage the power and weaponize the spirit and leverage the power of God is to weaponize my worship. In other words, to leverage the favor I have with God. Remember last week we talked about you weaponize your worship by who you seek your favor from. I want favor with God. How I get favor with God? I submit to God. I worship God. I, I, I read God's word. I obey God. And when I have favor with God, I have power. You weaponize your worship by who you submit your power to. I'm submitting my power to him so he can give me his power. Ooh. When I become weak by divesting myself of all my power, when I humble myself before God, when I become weak, then I become strong. Why? Because of his power. And it's just said right there. Uh, strengthen yourself in the power of his might. Finally, my brethren, 
Strengthen yourself in the power of his might. So the first thing you have to do is acknowledge that you are in a spiritual war. Number two, your worship is weaponized when you take authority over spiritual attacks. Don't pray, oh God, I'm scared, please help me. No, take, exercise authority. Declare that Jesus died on the cross, rose from the dead, and has given you authority. I'm trusting in God's power and authority over that. Remember, God, devil, which one are you going to worship? I'm going to submit my power to God so I can so he can weaponize that worship, that act of worship by submitting my power. I can weaponize it and turn it into a power against the devil and exercise the authority he's given me over the devil. Look what it says. It says, but Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ, come out of her. And he came out of her that very hour. And when her master saw that their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to the authorities. He declared and commanded the spirit out of her. Here's the, here's the thing about Christians. We don't realize the authority we have. We don't realize the authority. I want to read something to you. Mark chapter 6, verse 7. I want to read something to you. Mark chapter 6, verse 7 and 9. It says, Jesus called his 12 and said, and began to send them out two by two. And he gave them power over unclean spirits. And he commanded them, take nothing for your journey, no bag, no bread, no copper, but wear sandals and put two tunics on. But he gave them power. You have power. When you believe what the devil tells you, he weaponizes that. Here's how he turns it into a weapon. He convinces you you have no power. And if he can convince you he has no power, he's basically taking your weapons out of your hand. He's making you weak. And when he makes you weak, he makes him strong in your life. Paul and Silas said, no, no. We have weapons. We have the authority of Christ. He died and rose from the dead. He humiliated and put under his feet all the authority of all the principalities in heavens and in earth. And so all authority has been given to him in heaven and earth. We have that authority. He's given it to us. And so Paul and Silas said, we know that. So we are going to use that to speak to the spirit of divina divination. And the spirit came out of him. You have that authority. Now, you may not think so. You may not have used it. You may not have learned about it. But you have to step back and put these glasses on and see the spiritual warfare that you are in. And leverage your obedience, your submission to God. And leverage it to be a, become a weapon in your hand. Because when you submit to God and God reveals to you the power, the authority you have, you now can use that in the kingdom of God. So look what he says. Back to Acts chapter 16, verse 20. They brought them to the magistrates. And they said, these men being Jews exceedingly trouble our city. They teach customs which are not lawful to us, being Romans, to receive or observe. Then the multitude rose up against them and the magistrates tore up their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. Now, watch this. The devil says, you're going to worship that God, we're going to beat you down. We're going to arrest you. We're going to falsely accuse you. Paul and Silas got to decide, are we going to still obey God? Are we going to continue to worship God, continue to declare how he's worthy? Or are we going to let this threat of the devil cause us to go and worship him and do what he wants? That's it. And once we do that, that, once we worship the devil... That worship is weaponized by making us weak in God's eyes. And when I mean in God's eyes, 
You can't worship the devil and do what he wants and then say, I want my prayers to be powerful. God said, it don't work that way. Once you obey God, the devil, the devil will reward you. The Bible says the wages of sin, the payment of sin is death. The payment, the benefit of sin. So when you worship the devil by doing what he wants, he says, I'm going to give you death. And what is that death? Your relationship here with God. He just used it as a weapon against you. He just accused you in front of God. Look what it says. Verse 23, when they had laid many stripes on them, stripes are whipping stripes, stripes of blood. They, uh, not blood, but stripes that come when they whip them with a whip and it rips their skin. It looks like stripes, but they're actually uh, ripped flesh, streaks of ripped flesh. And when they had laid stripes on them, they threw them in prison, commanding the jailer to secure them. And having received such charge, he put them in the inner prison and fastened their feet in stocks. So they had metal handcuffs on their ankles. And then something awesome happened. It says at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening. The devil's in the ear. See what you got. You were faithful to God. And here's what you got. Locked you up. Got you beat. It didn't do you any good. And they said, we worship God. Remember Jesus told the devil? Shall worship God and serve him only. And so they started declaring the glory of God. Number three. Your worship is weaponized when you clarify to the world who you trust. When you tell people, I trust God. You know what the Bible says? If God is for you, who can be against you? When you tell everybody, I'm for God, God says, who can be against you? Who can be against you? So at midnight, after they get beat, arrested, put in jail, put in stocks, you know, chained up, they were praying and singing hymns, and declaring the faithfulness of God. What? This is what you need to do. You may be somewhere in a dark place right now, and you obey God and you're getting punished for it, and it's not paying off, and you think God betrayed me. No, no, no. Declare to the world who you still trust. Declare to the world who you still trust, and God will be faithful. But if you listen to the lies of the devil, you failed, it didn't work out, you wasted your time worshiping that God, look what it got you, and you start going, yeah, devil, you're right. He will weaponize that against you. And he will spiritually put you in chains. Alienate you from the hope of God, the love of God, the power of God. And that will be the death nail to you. Number four. Your worship is weaponized when you add to the kingdom. Now, before I read what I'm going to say, this whole time, Paul and Silas were all about setting people free. They were getting falsely accused, beat, arrested, put in jail, and their mind was on praising God and building the kingdom. 
the whole time. Listen to what I'm telling you. You're going to have all this stuff happen in your life, all these bad things, lying, people lying about you, cheating you, bad things happening, deceitful things happening, backstabbing. You have to keep your focus on worshiping God by declaring his goodness in your life, obeying him and serving him, and God will be faithful. So here they are in prison, in their inner, inner, inner prison, beat down, chained up, been falsely accused, arrested, and here's what it says. And their only sin was they set a girl free from demon possession. That was their sin. And as they're declaring God and declaring the mercies of God, suddenly there was a great earthquake. So the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately the doors were open and everyone in chains were loosed. The keeper of prison awaking from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and about to kill himself because his life was on the line. But Paul called with a loud voice saying, do yourself no harm. We are all here. They didn't run. Then he called for a light, ran and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, sir, what must I do to be saved? What? Do you think that their worship turned into a weapon against the devil? Oh, most definitely. Not only were they set free, but the guard in the prison said, whatever y'all are doing is better than what I'm doing. It turned, their weapon of praise, their weapon of faithfulness cut the chains off the prisoners in prison, the, the prison guard, the chains that the devil had in his life set him free so he could not only see the gospel in their life but want the gospel and ask to be saved. It gets even better than that. Their worship shook the prison. Their worship set this guy free. And look what it says next. And so they said, believe on the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. You and your family. They spoke the word to the Lord to him and to all who were in his house, and they took them the same hour of the night and washed their wounds. And immediately he and all his family were baptized. And when they had brought them into the house, they set food before them and rejoiced, having believed in God with all his household. This is how the church of Philippi started. This is how it started. Check us out. They see the spiritual battle. They declare and weaponize their worship. They weaponize the authority they have been given by worshiping God and by submitting to God to set this girl free. They get arrested. They get beat. They worship in song in prison. God sets them free. Then, they, then, then all of that was weaponized to set this other guy free. Remember, he's in chains to the devil. And, 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 and he's set free. So remember, the weapon is a tool to combat your enemy. He's set free. He comes and says, I want to be saved. Then he brings his family and they get saved. And the whole time, all Paul is doing is adding to the kingdom, adding to the kingdom, adding to the kingdom. I don't have anything else to say. If you could say, Lord, I am going to worship you. I'm going to obey you. And because of that, I'm going to have authority. I'm going to have power. I'm going to have favor with you to fight the enemy in my life and the lives of other people. That I can actually walk in authority and power and see someone else who is in spiritual bondage. And I have so much authority for my worship. And, and that my worship is weaponized to the point where I can actually 
speak to the evil in their life, the, the demonic influences in their life, I should say, and, and, and see them delivered. And, and so much so that people watching this would say, I want that, and it would actually spill over to them. That's walking in authority. That's walking in power. That's taking your worship, your praise of God, your submission to God, your obedience to God, your service to God, and, and watching God turn into a powerful spiritual weapon in your life to build the kingdom. It don't get any better than that. You may be sitting in your seat saying, listen, I want to be set free. You're like the jailer. You need and want Jesus in your life. I'm going to give you an opportunity right now to ask Jesus to be your Savior. To ask Christ to come into your heart, fill you with his spirit, and set you free just like that jailer. So bow your heads and close your eyes and listen very closely. Lord, thank you so much for this story. And I pray that there are people right now who are like that jailer that want to be saved. Who in their heart saying, what can I do to be saved? I want you to know that all you have to do is ask by faith for God to deliver you. To forgive you and fill you with the spirit of God. So in the privacy of your heart, if you want Jesus to forgive you, pray, dear God, I believe Jesus loves me, that he died and rose from the dead for my sin. Jesus, please forgive me of my sin. Come live in my heart and be my savior. Set me free from the lies of the devil. I want to walk in faith and in obedience to you. In Jesus' name, amen.